Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Nutrition Talk from a Former Fat Girl. That's right, I'm a former fatty, turned certified nutrition coach, now living and promoting the low-carb lifestyle. I am super stoked to talk to our guest today, Dr. Sarah Saldivar. If you're in the low-carb carnivore space, I'm sure you know her channel, Um, but we're going to dig into her story, her background, and dig into a bit of nutrition education. So thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday to, to chat with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the invite. Yeah. So I'm super, super excited to chat with you and, and just talk about your experience with, you know, educating on nutrition and going against the grain. But before we get into the nitty gritty, why don't you share for those who don't know you, I don't know who won't know you if they follow me, but uh, a little bit about your background and what led you to the, to the carnivore space. Yeah, so um, I am a traditionally trained dietitian. So, you know, we did my bachelor's and my master's in nutrition dietetics. I did my, uh, you know, you have to become a licensed dietitian. So you have to do a full year of the hospital internship and then sit for an exam to, to get your licensure. So um, did all of that. And then once I graduated and I got my licensure, I traveled to Miami in 2012. And I also got my doctorate from the University of Miami in exercise physiology and nutrition. And throughout that whole period, you know, I was just teaching at the University of Miami, uh, Miami Dade College. I still teach at Miami Dade College to this day, the Vry University. I've taught for like a almost a decade um, for the American College of Sports Medicine. Oh, okay. Training, mm-hmm, uh, helping a personal trainer wannabes <laughs> to sit and pass the uh, ACSM personal trainer certification is the hardest one compared to all the other organizations, kind of like the gold standard. Oh. And so the, the first time pass rate was very low. And so I would do those workshops to help them pass it from the first try. And, uh, you know, so I've been teaching nutrition and exercise physiology courses at the university level and with ACSM, you know, for a very long time. And, um, and it was all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with my own personal struggle, struggles with acne, anxiety, depression, weight struggles, um, food addiction is a big one. I realized by trying to overcome these struggles that everything that I was taught that I was teaching in those university settings were wrong. And that's how I became a YouTuber and um, content creator coach, you know, I coach people one on one and in a group setting. And it's all about what is the optimal human diet, which is a carnivore diet, in my opinion, it is the most sober meal plan that you can get on, there is nothing addictive there, there are no cravings when you're not engaging in a drug every single day in the form of carbohydrates or sweet taste, then it's very easy not to have cravings. Um, And I work a lot with building the dopamine levels back up again, because when you've eaten addictive foods for a long period of time, even things like rice and pasta, They've done studies that shows the dopamine spikes when you eat those kinds of carbohydrates. And so you've done a lot of damage to your dopamine centers. And so over a long period of time, now your baseline dopamine level is low. So you have a dopamine deficit. And so you try to get on a diet or you try to follow the carnivore diet and you're still struggling and you're still an addict. You're still having binges here and there. And it's like two weeks on, 
a week off or, you know, th something like that. And that's because the dopamine deficit is still there. You have to bridge that gap. You have to build dopamine levels back up again. So I would say the vast majority of my work right now focuses on optimizing dopamine. First of all, fixing the dopamine deficit. I put my clients through a rehab program for the brain to rehabilitate the brain and build that dopamine back level back up again. And then most of the time we never stop there. We just want to optimize because once you realize that you are in control of your dopamine levels and that you can optimize them, why ever, why would you want to stop at baseline? Why not yeah. go above and beyond? And so that's what we end up doing. And it's just very exciting, very empowering work. And it just transforms the lives of my clients every day. That's amazing and very unique. I've never heard of any anyone approaching it that way from the dopamine and brain perspective outside of my friend Pim, you know, Bart K's other half, because I know she's big on right. that, but I've never, you're the first person in the nutrition space, especially a trained registered dietitian who focuses on that. So that's very, very unique and interesting. I've never heard of that before. Actually, my dissertation was on that. So I spent five years oh. of my doctoral dissertation um, working on addiction and specifically sugar addiction yeah. and specifically how using exercise and intense exercise can be the antidote for sugar addiction and it's so funny i i you know five years in my life writing the literature review and conducting the studies defending my dissertation and it still had not clicked in my mind <laughs> like even after i graduated i remember writing a keto dessert cookbook which you can literally find on amazon <laughs> you know so denial is real with addiction oh man yeah so uh, i you know we all it's so funny. We know so many things, but for those things to click and for us to actually apply them, the timelines are so different. It's so hard to know when this part is going to click for that person, which is why I feel like persistence is so critical. When you persist in pursuing the goal of fitness or health or any goal, I think that's the biggest value of persistence is that it gives you a lot more chances for the pieces of the, the knowledge that you probably already know for them to yeah. click in your mind for it to actually work yeah. So, yeah so what what kind of sparked or clicked to you that mm -hmm. showed you that your training may be wrong or just something wasn't right so what what was it for you that kind of connected the the dots mm -hmm. there were so many so many clicks along the way I think the major most recent eureka moment was when I came across the studies showing how rats preferred the sweet taste over heroin by a large oh. margin yeah because when I did my dissertation and I had to look at all the literature on addiction um, I wrote it around 2015 and okay. those heroin studies came up in 2017. So they weren't included in my literature review. I wasn't aware that they existed. So when I wrote my literature review, it's funny because the studies on cocaine were present. They showed that rats preferred, 94% yeah. of the rats consistently prefer the sweet taste over ever increasing those uh, concentrations of cocaine. Fine. So for some reason, it didn't phase me. It's like, yeah, cocaine, whatever. <laughs> You know, maybe because I knew people who were so disciplined and could do cocaine twice a year and just live an insanely disciplined life. And wow. so knowing the, these people, like they 
they they they don't get addicted to anything. They do it just oh. for fun. Yeah, we'll do a line of coke or whatever, have fun. And the next day, no problem. Training, working like the most disciplined person you'll ever meet. And so and maybe, maybe that was why I had this impression. And I knew a lot of people actually who did cocaine. It kind of makes me look like uh, you know, I never did it. <laughs> I was like, who do you hang out with? <laughs> right. What kind of people? <laughs> yeah bad boys basically <laughs> those are the kinds of men that i would hang around with but um <laughs> it's funny that i so i got this impression like all these men of like leading fantastic lives they're awesome and no problem with addiction maybe that is what because because now sometimes i go back and i try to remember like how could it not have clicked for me and i'm just trying to understand why and i think that's probably why yeah. um whereas heroin there's something taboo about it oh heroin like I've, I've never met anybody who does heroin you know maybe that's why for me yeah. it clicked maybe for other people it clicked on the cocaine level yeah I can't explain it um you hung out with bad boys but not that bad boys. but not that bad <laughs> yeah yeah like they they got it together <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> don't do drugs kids <laughs> so PSA right disclaimer so, yeah, I think that's what happened once um, because because I never saw those heroin studies back when I was doing my dissertation, even after I defended it. It wasn't until recently that um, I was preparing content because, you know, being a YouTuber, you have to constantly be researching all the time for new ideas, new studies that come out, you know, so that that's another reason why I love doing this, because I actually get to get multiple PhDs in the process, you know, as opposed to you get your education and now you just repeat what you learned a decade ago, you know? So um, because I was doing some research, I came across those studies and I was like, whoa, there's a lot that show the exact same thing. Rats prefer sweet taste by a large margin over heroin. And I remember like it shook me to my core and that's when I was like, well, yeah, no wonder, you know, the cravings are still something I struggle with. The binge eating is still something I struggle with. And that's when I completely revamped the way that I um, worked on myself and on my clients and, mm -hmm. and really saw tremendous improvement in the progress of my clients and also in the fact that, you know, I don't struggle the way that I used to anymore. Yeah. You know? And um, that's when I started, you can, you can actually go back to my channel and see the shift in the content that I was putting out and how I started, you know, interviewing a lot of sugar addiction leaders and uh, this, you know, world readers on sugar addiction, Dr. Joan Ithan, Dr. Vera Tarman, Bitten Janssen, Mike Collins. Um, and then, you know, from there, it's like that, all of that <clears throat> reminded me of my training and in exercise physiology and addiction my dissertation it's like it all came back and it was like oh yeah. the dopamine deficit isn't gonna fix itself <laughs> you're gonna actually gonna have to build it yourself and yeah, yeah and then the rest is history i mean i feel like i stumbled on the biggest discovery ever you know yeah you're you michelle hearn uh, the Evolved Dietitian. I'm actually having her on my channel in a few weeks. She's another one I found. Um, but yeah, there's more. There's actually more than I thought. So the Evolved Dietitian. I know Amber yeah. Hearn. I remember using, um, I used to watch a lot of her mental health presentations, right, on Carnivore. Um, 
but who, who, the evolved dietitian is it addiction based um she she only has like like five videos out at least last i checked she's just started she's super oh. small um but she's low carb and one of the videos so i do a lot of reaction videos for education um and i reacted to hers because her subject line was attention or listen up dietitians or something like that and that caught my attention immediately um but it was literally a powerpoint presentation going through um low carb and so i believe she follows the low carb lifestyle oh, yeah so i'm having her on my on we my channel yeah yeah so i'm having her on my channel just because i like you know i'm i'm not a registered dietitian thankfully because i i could be a free thinker but but i i am educated uh yeah. in and that and we're taught the same things like fiber it's all fiber it's all the oh. importance of fiber we're taught the importance of saturated fat and cholesterol, but make sure you limit those things. We're taught, we're taught all of these things and gluconeogenesis, but keto's bad long term. Like all these things. So I was scared as hell to, to eat all meat. Yeah. Um, so every time I come across someone in the nutrition space, like I'm so fascinated what landed them here because from my personal experience, I was, I never ate steak. I very rarely ate red meat because red meat bad. That's what I've been told my entire life. That's mm. what I was told in my training to limit those things so they can cause problems, like all this stuff. So I was I was personally afraid to to go carnivore, ketovore, like low carb. Yeah. Um, so I'm always fascinated with people who are trained in the same space and their mindset and what led them here. So given that your training is more intense than what I went through. Was was it nerve wracking for you to like shift or were you just like all in, just let's go? Yeah, it, it's um, very upsetting. It, it makes you angry yes. once you, right? Yes, I was so, I'm still angry. Yeah, it's like four years of a bachelor's, a year of internship and, you know, studying for the exam and, you know, preparing for that two years master's, seven years PhD. Cow. Like, for what? Yeah. You know, it's it makes you want to kill someone. Yeah, <laughs> you that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Because yeah. like I said, I mean, obviously, you have more intensive training and schooling than what I went through. What I went through, I guess, will be the equivalent of a year. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. So any, I can... any any second that you've spent climbing the wrong mountain is something that you're gonna grieve, and it's really frustrating and almost criminal, you know. In any yeah. other business model, any other product you purchase, you get a refund. There's a thirty-day some... guarantee, right? Where's the guarantee with my academic oh, man. investment? So <laughs> when you when you graduated then, right, after all that schooling and your licensure and your your boards, like all these things, all these hoops you had to jump through, did you go to the hospital setting and clinical setting at all? Or Yeah, yeah. Well you had okay. to do the internship, right? So you had to do the rounds, you had to go through the whole process. Um, yeah, I did all of that everything <laughs> yeah it's 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 horrific and uh it's like you know it 
it's horrible because as an 18 year old, how are you going to know everything that, that I, let's say I went through, you know, and your parents still think you need to go to school and you need to go to college and because they're scared of, you know, having you do your own thing. And in a way, I understand it. I don't know if I could have handled social media at 18. It's just there's so much criticism. There's so much hate. There's so much, you know, um, and not not to mention how resilient you have to be because there is no overnight success with social media. It's like yeah. years, you know, yeah. and then you think, oh, I did. I had a fantastic, you know, video that went viral to my channel. And then it goes back to normal. And it's like, oh, you, you know, it's like you can't hack the process. You just have to do the work day in and day out. So, you know, as a young person, it's a lot to expect them to find success that way without some form of guidance. So understand the structure in, that is imposed by college or university. Um, but it also teaches you that it's okay to learn from people who failed, you know? How many professors, I mean, for a professor, you're going to be making, what, 100K? Like, my professor, she founded the exercise physiology, the kinesiology lab, the, the whole department at the University of Miami. So she okay. founded it, like, in the 80s. Yeah, that's crazy. Was, it's Right? And then she was about, she was on, she was about to retire, barely making 130K a year, like, you know, so you're learning from somebody who never fulfilled, got that self-fulfillment, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So same thing with a finance professor who's, you know, are are you really going to learn how to become a billionaire from a finance professor who is making 70K to 100K a year? You're learning the wrong tools, you know? Correct. So I think I've, I've had to learn that the hard way that um, not every person who writes a book, not every person who gives a lecture, not every person who has a degree or a couple of credentials after their name knows what they're talking about. And it's like the devil is in the details. It might appear to be so science-y. It might appear to have big words. It might appear to flow to make sense. But then when you start to really get after it, you realize, wow, it's like those little details here and there that sometimes are like the complete opposite of what you've been doing. Yeah. All the difference. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And the fact that people have MD or DR or whatever at the end of their name, they take it as whatever they say is the gospel. Uh, and that's, that's tough too. And in, in the space, so you're going against the grain, right? And you're working with uh, a lot of clients because you're able to practice uh, you're, you're a trained clinician, right? In, yeah. in the nutrition space. So yeah. Do you find it difficult now to work with your with your clients um, when you're going, you're a complete opposite to what their doctors are likely advising them? Like, do you find any difficulties there at all? Thankfully, because the way that people find me is that they watch my YouTube videos first and or they follow me on Instagram and that's how they reach out. So they already know what I'm about and they've already are at their wits ends. They, every single person that I've worked with had a vegan or vegetarian phase. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I for four years. Right, right. Because we all try it first. Because yeah. when you go on Google, what is the healthiest diet? It's yeah, like, plant-based. <laughs> so like every carnivore was an ex-vegetarian. But there's not one 
vegetarian that's an ex-carnivore, like real carnivore, the way we're doing it, right? So, um, so no, because the people who come to me, they're like, yeah, I know that, you know, I, I, I believed all these people and I did the calories in, calories out, and, and then they realize it doesn't work or they're still yeah. having an addiction or whatever, you know? So thankfully, no, I don't have to, because I'm not, I'm not walking around convincing people, come see me. It's like people come <laughs> to me because they got attracted to something I said, right? And it made sense and clicked in their head. So yeah, like we, we have a seamless working relationship, you know? Good. Now, yeah. what about the education? Because you said you still teach in <laughs> university. Uh -oh. so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you teach <laughs> low carb. Like, yeah. what is that? What does that look like? So um, it's a flipped classroom. That's what I uh, found that to be the best way for me to maintain my sanity is that um, I've recorded all of the lectures, the basics, you know, what is a carbohydrate, a protein, you know, yeah. how many vitamins, how many B vitamins do we have? How many water soluble vitamins do we have? How many fat soluble? Like the basics that don't change that much. And they watch it over the weekend. And then when we meet, it's all Q&A. It's all discussion, which is basically me ranting on the carnivore diet. <laughs> but they love it. So if you go to ratemyprofessors.com and you put my name there is my maiden name. It never got changed to my married name. So it's Sarah Adwan, A-D-W-A-N. Okay. So 5.1 out of 5 is the rating. Which wow. I didn't know you could break the record. <laughs> it's like, really? Damn. You could go higher than five yeah. over five. And so, and that's how students look for the courses. They will find the best rated professor. And so now I've got all of the Miami kids wanting to, like, I have a wait list. So it's worth Wow. <laughs> yeah. It used to be that you couldn't have more than 30 students in one section. And because people kept wanting to join and override and be on a waiting list. So then they opened yeah. it up to 35, then 40, 45. Now this past semester, I've had 50 students in my sections. Jeez. <laughs> I, hey, I'm not complaining. I, I'm happy. The more people I can influence and impact with the finally the right message. And it's almost very, I tell them, like, I'm so jealous. I wish I had a professor like me when I was 18. So I didn't have yeah. to you know, struggle for decades, not, you know, doing the complete opposite of, of what was right. Yeah. So, and they, yeah, and students at that age, they, and because we go into the history of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, so they understand. I just learned that. And that's where I started getting really, really pissed off. Right. The the yeah. whole religion part and the Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. The whole idea of vegetarianism is like, we don't want you to masturbate because yeah. masturbation is a sin. So let's squash your libido, eat bland foods, and that means more veggies and no red meat. And that way you won't have the urge to masturbate. You won't have the urge to sin and you'll be closer to God. <laughs> that's, that's it. Is and that what you fun. learned in school? Did you learn that or did you have to learn that on your own? Like what? I had to learn everything on my own. Everything. So you weren't taught the history of no, the dietetics? No, because the academy. So the Seventh-day Adventist movement, one of the earliest adopters right so the the founder was ellen g white and one of yeah, and lee harvey and lee graves or lulu graves yeah 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 and then one of her earliest uh protégés and the kellogg's protégés they were all like very closely related so ellen g white uh, adopts uh, john harvey kellogg and then he 
kind of takes under his wing, Lena F. Cooper, all of them are very hardcore Seventh-day Adventist vegetarians. So the Lena F. Cooper, she was taken under the wings of Kellogg's and made the head dietitian of the Battle Creek Sanitarium. And then after that, she goes on and co-founds the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So now you have the founder of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics an ideologue, somebody who just believes in a certain religion and believes that that diet is going to get you closer to God. And now they're training and brainwashing the dietitians and the doctors, and they're setting the guidelines for what a healthy diet is. And so now not only do you have a whole legion of health experts that are just completely brainwashed, not understanding that this has nothing to do with science, but they set the program for credentials they 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 set the academic programs that universities and colleges have to follow if they want to be credentialed so that you can become a licensed dietitian so that you have a license to practice which by the way i believe is criminal because the academy of nutrition and dietetics has no track record of success ask any person with type 2 diabetes you see reversal of type 2 diabetes with keto and carnivore diets every day, every day. We have even studies. Go to beardforhealth.com. Give me one person that a registered dietitian who followed their guidelines was able to reverse their type 2 diabetes. They have zero track record of success, but yet they turn around and they have the audacity to regulate the profession of dietetics in the United States and the world. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's you're because not... we accept money from the food companies, right? Oh. The food companies can make very easy money because when you're using a drug that's highly addictive, it's easy to make money, right? Ask any drug dealer, right? <laughs> I, I know. You know something? You know something? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but, oh, yeah. Right. Ask me. I know. <laughs> no. So so you weren't taught in your... This, this is what I've always wondered because people ask me all the time, what's the difference between me and a registered dietitian? I always say I could be a free thinker. I don't have to follow the guidelines registered dietitians do unless they leave the hospital and yeah. clinical setting. But I always thought you guys were taught something. You weren't taught the history at all of your actual program. That blows my mind that they don't. Yeah, because it's not in the best interest of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Right. Or for the people that they want to brainwash, that they want to take the, the licensing fees every year from, uh, you know, it's not in their best interest to tell them their little dark history, right? Wow. What's, you know, and that's, they set the programs, they set the academic programs, they choose the official textbooks, and then all the universities across the world, they will follow what the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics puts out. Wow. Like gospel. And they cherry pick information, you know, anything that doesn't fit the narrative of what a healthy diet is, just completely overlooked. We never talked about plant toxins. We never talked about anti-nutrients. We never talked seriously about all this stuff it was all our homeworks were oh why is a paleo diet a fat diet it was like excuse me isn't that the diet that we ate for 99.99 percent of our existence so is they demonized all that in your training everything was a fat diet except what? what the academy of nutrition and dietetics puts out yeah what the heck mm -hmm. Oh, 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 it, it gets worse. They actually have gone after dietitians. Um, Cassie Bjork, she uh, 
<laughs> she's an RD and because she was talking about keto diets and the effect of hormones and how everything is interrelated, they didn't like that. They took her to court for five years straight to force her to drop the RD credential from her website and Instagram. And at the end, she was like, you know what, this isn't worth it. You know, you never win when you go to court. It's just so much yeah. money lost. It's a lot of lost. money. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually she just dropped the RD from her website. So, that's you know, crazy. that's what's criminal, in my opinion. They have been captured and co-opted by the food industry. The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is in bed with the food companies. They invest in Coca-Cola. They invest in the food companies. What are you? What kind of recommendations are you expecting to come out of their mouths, right? That's where all things in moderation come into play. Just have a balanced lifestyle. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so a little bit of heroin on the week. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs kids don't, don't do, drugs. do drugs disclaimer this is an adult only content <laughs> so that's, that's wild because i've heard of brenda fetke and her husband yeah and the hoops that they had to jump through but i i think i've loosely heard of this story you're talking about where they that's had to drop the rd yeah wow. um i mean i can see both sides like kind of you went to all this schooling, spent all this money. Uh, like, I would have a hard time dropping RD just because of the level of effort and time yeah, right. I right. put into it. But then on the other side, would I want to be associated with that? So I can kind of see, right. like, the, the mental battle. It's embarrassing now when somebody hears, especially if you know with the stuff that we know and you meet somebody and they're an RD, it's like, ooh, you're an RD. <laughs> well, that, make a they lot of still assumptions. Have- well, they still have clout. So I, uh, I'm, I'm certified in senior, so 65 plus specifically right. as well. So a lot of these senior communities by law and regulation have to have an RD on staff to come up with the menu. And I look at the menus oh. and I'm like, do you know why people are falling and malnourished and dehydrated? These foods are not helping. It's all plant-based. It's all beans, Parts. mashed potatoes. Okay. That's all it is. And they didn't get the memo that Alzheimer's no. is known as type 3 diabetes. Correct. That <laughs> and sarcopanias because they're not getting enough protein. They're not keeping their body strong and they're not feeding them any animal yeah. foods. I was, at a, I was at a community uh, on Friday. Yeah. And I looked at the menu. They did have meat, but only one dish was meat. The rest of it was carbs and and plant-based they had a like so soy it's yeah breaking, honestly it breaks but rds mind. still have that clout to where <laughs> by law they have to have an rd on staff and this is what they're feeding our senior population right the, the best part is when you see an rd get so pissed off because some influencer who's actually helping people is becoming more popular right because she's actually getting results for her clients or their <laughs> client and and that rd is like oh but you know you're you don't have a degree or whatever see the thing is with me it's like they can't open their mouths because it's like you you don't have any more and nobody has more degrees than i have you know? yeah you, you're like you right. broke the glass ceiling <laughs> right i'm a i'm a tough one to to criticize but uh but it's funny that's just always funny to me when you see uh, all of those like she, she just graduated or he just graduated with an rd you know four-year rd a uh, program and now they think that they can criticize people you know who uh, may not have the rd it may you know just figured it out because all the information is out there as a matter of fact you get much better quality information when you do your own research as opposed to when you are 
brainwashed with one textbook, which is usually 20 years outdated, you know? So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like, I think it's criminal that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has been captured by these food companies. It's like literally like a front for these food companies now. And because they accept all this money from them, they can turn around and sway our politicians and um, help elect them so that now when yeah. the politician gets elected, they can write laws to help license. Really, it's writing laws to allow the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics to monopolize the term licensed dietitian. It's like, we decide who gets to be called licensed dietitian. Based on what? What is your track record of success? Wow. It's non-existent. That's insane. That's insanity. Like the sugar lobbyists here in the United States are the biggest lobbyists yeah. on, on Capitol Hill. It's insanity. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of research and came up with Salisbury steak, like Dr. Salisbury. It's not like the TV dinner Salisbury steaks we have right. now, but the soldiers in the Revolutionary War were were explosive diarrhea, like getting really sick. So he right. fed them just slabs of meat, which he called Salisbury steaks. His last name was Salisbury. And like we've known a, yeah. yeah. And we've known about this hundreds of thousands of years ago and it's like blowing my mind that goes into the history of the carnivore diet every single doctor lots of doctors in the 1600s 1500s 1800s tons and tons and i put them all together as much as i could find and i did a youtube video on i think it's called early adopters of carnivore diet or the history of the carnivore diet i have a bunch of those that yeah i'll link that in the description so people can can yeah, check I'll that out find for it sure. right now and i'll send it to you so you, you can yeah yeah um so so i know we have to cut this short i could talk about this all day like i'm just so this is blowing my mind but um <laughs> to to end things off what what is your big message when it comes because the nutrition space is a huge huge dumpster fire it's a dumpster <laughs> fire and i have people coming to me you know, because I'm a business owner, I have clients and people come to me with, you know, heart disease and they just had heart surgery and these doctors are putting them on plant-based diets and they're afraid to eat red meat because red meat, bad coronary disease, all these things. So it's still a huge problem. Yeah. So, so what is your big message to people to help kind of guide them and, and understand who, who or what they should listen to, because it is a huge dumpster fire and it's hard to discern and weed through the garbage. No one is coming to save you. No doctor is going to come and save you. They have student loans. They're still trying to pay off. They can't afford the luxury of doing the research and realizing everything they were taught was wrong. You have to take responsibility for your own health and you have to do the work. And yeah, it's hard, I get it. But remember, your struggle is your greatest advantage. When you're on the other side and you've overcome a struggle, no one can touch you. And so you're gonna be far more inspiring, far more useful, far more impactful for humanity and the people around you after you have done the work and understood how to overcome this problem and you can turn this into the best thing that ever happened to you, you know? And so when you remember that, or you constantly ask yourself, how can this diagnosis or how can this challenge I'm going through, how can this be the best thing that ever happened to me? That's what I always say. I'm constantly asking myself that anything that bad that happens, how can this be 
the best thing that ever happened to me. It'll give you the energy to do the work that you have to do to take responsibility for it and to overcome it. That's awesome. I love that. You're, you're in complete control over your health uh, 100%. And because my doctors want to put me on high blood pressure meds, I said, no, let me try to lose weight. So that's, that's the best. Can we try that first? On. Like, how about we try that first? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like lifestyle. Wow. But yeah. actually, our doctors have been convinced by the pharmaceutical company reps that, oh, yeah, lifestyle, sure. But, you know, compliance is so low. Your your patients are just, they're just not going to follow through on what you tell them. So this is why this new drug, you know, increase yeah. and, and doctors believe it. And they're so busy. They're like, yeah, fine, whatever. Okay. You know, not yeah. all doctors, obviously. There are really good ones out there, but they are few and far in between. Yeah, it's they. It's a band aid, and they. It's the definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over, expect different results. So you keep you keep pushing the same diet, the same thing, the same thing, and nothing's changing. So wouldn't you think that's the definition of insanity? Right, right. It is so true. Yeah. Um, and until the doctor has their own, you know, health struggle, and then they're forced to actually apply what they've been teaching, and they realize, oh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for chatting with us and talking a little bit more about your training and your background and and the your beliefs. History. It was, yeah, it was definitely enlightening for me because, like I said, I get that question a lot about the differences and you know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. So, so I think this was a good conversation to have for people yeah. out there to there's kind not, of understand. The difference is that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics wants to prevent competition. They want to have monopoly and they try to pass laws to make it harder and to scare people to offer nutrition coaching. So in California, you can coach people no matter what. You don't even need a certification. You can coach people in nutrition. Oh, wow. Different states have different regulations. Mm -hmm. In Florida, they used to have a stronger kind of like monopoly until DeSantis signed a bill a couple of years ago, which allowed everybody to give nutrition education. But you have to be careful with your wording. You can't say, I will cure you of diabetes, you know, something like that. And they have to sign, uh, you know, the, an acknowledgement that they are not under the direct supervision of a doctor that's giving them a special uh, diet, which blows my mind why any doctor would give any diet because they're not trained in nutrition. Like if Correct. you want to be technical, they don't give them nutrition courses, right? Correct. So why? It's all money. Follow the money, follow the food companies and you know what's happening. Amen. That's a perfect time. That's a perfect sentence to leave this on. So thank you so much again. Um, I will link that video in the description box if you want to go check it out on uh, Dr. Saldivar's channel. I'll also link her channel below. Please subscribe if you're not subscribed. Um, but other than that, that's all we have for you in this video. Stay tuned for future videos and have a happy and healthy day.